0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't have a mic. Pam, if you can hear me from right here, it's bad. Uh, We want to begin this morning uh, in recognition of what our God has done for our country. And one of the greatest ways is to uh, present the colors and to pledge allegiance to the American flag. And so I'm gonna ask our deacon, Senior Master Sergeant Dean Cameron, retired, Air Force, 35 years. Dean is going to present his colors this morning as we pledge allegiance. Salute, pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, Amen. While we remain standing, let's pray. Father in heaven, it is by your providence, your grace, your mercy, and your direction that we stand here in one of the greatest countries this world has ever known. To praise you and to worship you, it is not about us. It's all about you. I thank you for those who have gone before Those who died serving and protecting the freedom you have so freely given us. Lord, we thank you for the men and women who today stand watch over our liberty. God, I pray that you bless the veterans. I pray that you bless the survivors, the wounded warriors today. Lord, I thank you most of all for the greatest warrior of them all, the one who made an eternal difference by giving His life, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the (laughs) captain of our salvation. Lord, may we not forget. I thank You for answering prayers this past week. I pray that our country would not allow ourselves to be blindsided again, but stand for life, stand for biblical principles, Lord, may You bless today. Lord, I pray that You bless Lieutenant Myers as He will bring Your Word to enrich our lives today. May we be obedient to everything You say and everything You do. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Dean, you may be seated. What a joy it is to be in God's house. It's a joy to see all of you and uh, what a great, great day. And I was going to recognize the veterans, uh, but Lieutenant Mize is going, he wants that privilege and he's earned that right. And uh, so he'll be recognizing all of our veterans a little later in the service. But I want to recognize our guest. If you're visiting with us today, I hope that you'll just make yourself at home. There's a communication card in the bulletin if you've never filled one out. Uh, or if you have, you just won't fill one out again. Uh, we want to tell you how much we're glad you're here. We hope you'll make yourself at home. Uh, being, we have a special treat. Uh, Lieutenant Mize is going to be guest teaching our small group on prayer tonight and he's going to be teaching us. You know it's one thing to Say pray for your military, pray for your country. He's going to give us some behind the scenes uh, things and give us a perspective on how to pray for our military and pray for our country. And so we look forward to that back here tonight. It's such a joy to have Brian with us today. And I say Brian because he's a friend. Uh, he and Becky graduated high school together and uh, he sure is
0: old. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
1: just impressed you figured that out. Uh, Brian has become a fast, long friend uh, of East from his time that they came and visited with us this summer. He and uh, his chaplain's assistant, several other soldiers, other chaplains, and uh, the Sunday night message you spoke uh, people still refer to it all the time. It was life-changing, very moving, and we thoroughly enjoyed the uh, quick, uh, kind of the MRE version of the Lord's Supper. And that was a great treat for each side. But this weekend, we see why Brian is such a good guy. Because he's got a great family. And uh, his wife, Rebecca, uh, that's easy for me to remember. She just like my wives, uh, Rebecca, and then his twins, Matthew and Noah. And uh, what a blessing it is to have them. We got to fellowship with them last night. Enjoy sitting around eating pizza and watching ball games and just fellowshipping with the Lord. And uh, we appreciate all that they do. What a great, godly family and a great example of getting it done for the Lord's sake. And so we are thrilled. Real indeed. to have First Lieutenant Brian Myers, chaplain of the uh, first of the 108th Cavalry. I'm just jealous. I mean, look, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm sitting uh, standing up beside uh, him and Dean, and I'm worried about if I got dust on my shoes. You know, no one's i squared away with, with everything just right, but. Uh, I appreciate all of our veterans. My dad is, of course, my hero. He served uh, in the Third Armor, drove tanks, and one of my greatest spiritual mentors and heroes was Bill Craken, who flew on B-17s and shot down during World War II. Served the Lord until his death in his 80s. I thank God for all of our soldiers. And as I said, Lieutenant Miles will recognize you a little bit, but as your pastor. I appreciate the time you've served. I appreciate all that you've done uh, for our country. And uh, we just thank God for our veterans today. Amen? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> well, enough of that, I've got a formal uh, introduction. <laughs> thank you. And so we're going to sing, and then in a moment, uh, Lieutenant Miles is going to preach God's word so I think we knew better than that first song. Nothing. they wouldn't sing. I think it took them a little while to get warmed up. They they ready for this one? All right, let's get it.
2: The form of God did not count equality quality with God, I think to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant. Being in the likeness, born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So that's because He lives. We come in here and we can worship Jesus Christ uh, whose name is greater than any other name. Whose name was spoken at every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. So, as we continue to sing, as Courtney comes and sings in a moment, as Lieutenant Miles comes and brings the word today, let's just worship Jesus. The name is above every other name. the ultimate sacrifice so that we can have the opportunity to come into your presence. We can have the opportunity to be um, called holy because of your blood. While there's nothing holy about us covered by the blood, that was shed on the cross for us. Lord, we worship you today because of that. Um, we thank you that uh, we do serve a name. Savior called Jesus, who's like the Scripture said that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord. And I pray that today, as we come together and we worship, as we uh, worship and as we uh, break open uh, the Word of Life, uh, that that'll be our heart's cry today: that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He's worthy, that He's faithful powerful, all-knowing, the list can go on and on. I pray that we worship you today and, and praise you. I pray that right now as a body, um, we uh, recognize your lordship by taking this opportunity to give back to you, give back our tithes and offerings. And, uh, Lord, uh, I pray that we would use those tithes and offerings uh, to help make your name known, make your name greater in our community, in our our church and the lives of those around us, um, we don't, we give as an offering, but as a body, it's our, our purpose just to, to use those tithes and offerings to spread the light, the light that comes from you. And I pray that you're found faithful as we do that. Dear Lord, I just uh, pray for Courtney as she sings and pray for Lieutenant Miles as he uh, brings the word that your name will be made great, that we would focus on you. We just love you. You're most precious
3: and millennial, I pray. Amen. So, how many of you came today in the spirit? Pamela's already raised, In the spirit. Um, I don't think enough about what that means, but if you remember what Jesus said right before he went and took his seat at God's right hand, he said, you, you need me to go I know you want me to stay with you, but you need me to go there so that I can send a helper um, And then what God did At Pentecost and through the lives of the apostles and what He is doing in your and my life is Filling up All the places that we are not like Jesus to make us Like Jesus This song recording is a prayer And it's just, a, a, it's just asking God, God, Please Send your Holy Spirit, in your Holy Spirit, fill me up in a way so that I can know and see and speak in a way that honors you and is like you, unlike what I might have going on if your spirit was not here. When I was in college, I tried to spend some time with people who thought like I did and believed like I did. Um, they would say, if somebody was having a hard time, they would sort of mock and answering the machine and say, hello, this is the spirit. Brother Matt's not in right now or whatever, like we were in the spirit. But I, I just pray as you listen to science of difference beautiful song that you would you pray with me or pray with us that the Holy Spirit would be at work in your life and maybe um, in a new way or at a new level where you can say God you did there's no way I did that. You did that. So that you could see his his, his hand at work in the spirit.
4: That I'll let y'all know this. The pastor a minute ago told you that I was old and because I'm old, uh, Miss Becky must be younger than me. He uh, said that I was old. Well, let me tell y'all what he told me last night. He said, brother, I attended the second inauguration for President Washington. I'm not recognizing that was in the 1700s. <laughs> I want to thank y'all for letting me be here today. I have a book of goodies that we're going to use as we go through here. And before we get going, I want to ask them, what is this? Gilligan's hat. What else is it? Somebody throw out something. Sailor hat. This can also be used, if you've been in the Navy, it can be used as a life preserver. When your ship starts to go down, you, you lay on your back in the water, you get this thing flushed up and you hold it to your stomach the air stays in it, and it can help to keep you afloat while you're waiting for somebody to come rescue you. It can also be used as a Chinese throwing in I'm gonna show you how that works. I'm gonna tell you a little story while I'm getting this ready. 1986, I joined the Navy after graduating high school. For clarity, this is not a Navy uniform. If you're wondering what's going on, uh, I eventually joined the Army. I joined the Navy in 1986, I went to boot camp, Great Lakes, Illinois, 1987. February of 1987. I left Atlanta. It was 73 degrees. It was beautiful. I got to Chicago. It was 12 degrees and snowing, and I thought something was wrong. (laughs) So I went to boot camp. First four weeks of the eight-week-long boot camp, which was actually nine weeks because I got there for a week, and then I had to wait for everybody else to show up. So the first four weeks that I was there actually in training, we saw these around the base, but we weren't allowed to have them because you had to earn the ability, going through a boot camp, to actually wear this hat. This is called a cover, by the way, if you're in the Navy or the Marine Corps, it's called a cover. You had to earn the right to wear it. So, we fast forward just a little bit. Now, it's now uh, June of 1987. I'm stationed at Naval Air Technical Training Center for uh, Lakers, New Jersey, studying to be a parachute rigger in the Navy. I'm walking down the hall one day, the passageway, and I've got my, my nice little Cover right here in front of me as I'm walking, and I walk by a group of guys, and somebody—I'm going to apologize to y'all right now—what's about that? <laughs> so I walk down, I've got my cover right here, and somebody behind me says something smart. Remember, this is the Chinese and stuff. So. so what I did when they said something smart was I said,
0: YAH! <laughs>
4: so, that was the problem. You see, just a few feet behind me was the master chief. Not familiar with the master chief. He's the guy you don't ever want to meet. He's the highest enlisted guy that there is. He had me walk through and my cover caught him right here. And I could slow motion see as it molded to his face. <laughs> I don't really remember the next few minutes. So what happened out of that? Master Chief uh, he played with me. If you ever served in the united states navy would you please come and station yourself right here if you're able if you ever served in the navy right here if you ever served in the marine corps would you please stand right here i know the marines are upset because you're not at the beginning but please if you could please come stand right here any marines that we have any air force if you would please come stand right here and then finally if we have any coast Guardsmen. If you would please stand here. <laughs> I need to get a good look at this group here. <laughs> no at no, all, please raise your right hand, and repeat after me. I'm just kidding, getting up with that one. <laughs> <laughs> what I'd like to do is I'm asking brother here to uh, to come with me and give me a hand. What I have is just a small way of me to say thank you. It is a cross that has God bless America on the front. I'd like to give this to each one of you and say thank you for what you've done to allow us to continue. If y'all could, these are real, true, honest American heroes. Please give them a round of applause. Thank you very much. Thank you for your service. Thank you for giving us the ability to be here today. Now, as we get started again, because I like to get started like seven times couple house cleaning things. Yes, I'm a lieutenant. Nobody calls me lieutenant. Everybody calls me Chaps, Chappy, or Brian. If you're, if you're enlisted, probably not Brian, but Chaps, or Chappy, or Chaplain, one of the three. That's kind of the rank that I go by, whether I'm Brandon's Chaplain in the Army or the Chief Chaplain, the Major General in Washington. Everybody goes by Chaplain. Now, these men and women that were up here, they really, even if they never went downrange, if they never went to war, they laid their lives on the line for all of us in this room. And I hope you understand that. I want to tell you about another American hero. I want to tell you about a man named Sergeant Danny Crane. Sergeant Danny Crane was born in Atlanta, Texas, and graduated from high school in 1998. When he graduated, Sergeant Crane joined the United States Army, where he would go on to become a highly decorated Army Ranger. Sergeant Crane did 16 tours of duty split between Iraq and Afghanistan. On June the 10th, 2008, Sergeant Crane, who was serving as a dust-off gunner, dust medic on a uh, Ranger, on a Black Hawk helicopter, The helicopter he was on was shot down. Everybody on board the helicopter was killed. Sergeant Crane was severely injured. Sergeant Crane came home and they, they put his face back together, 24 plates in his face and his head, to reconstruct who he was before he went. While Sergeant Crane was trying to get into the VA to get the treatment that he needs, the VA denies his claims because we've all seen the news of what happened to the VA. It's too long. and it denied his claim. So he took his life savings, and he began to go for, for treatment on his own so that he could get the surgeries and he could get the uh, treatment that he needed to recover. While he was in treatment at the hospital, his house burned down, and all of his savings that he was using to pay for his treatment were gone. Mm-hmm. He was in the hospital. Uh, he had been, while he was being treated for the, uh, the surgical placement and in recovery, he learned that he had stage four prostate cancer guy's having a rough go. But he learns, while he's uh, been given a what is essentially a um, terminal pro- uh, diagnosis, he learns that down the hall, there's a little boy who's been diagnosed with cancer and will not live. The little boy's dream, all the little boy wanted to do was to become a United States soldier. So Sergeant Crane put on his dress uniform, and he went in his weakened state and he stood at attention outside of that little boy's room on the night that little boy passed away mm-hmm. i'm gonna tell you something there's not a man in this world that dislike life is going to have this light, The reason is he's a liar who never served in the military. All of it he made up. He made it up so that people would look at him and say, what an amazing guy he is. Look at all of the things he's done for us. But he never served. He's a fella. He's a liar. He's a con artist. I'll tell you about the young Marine who's walking through the airport in Reno, Nevada. He's got, I hate to admit it, he's got the dress blue uniform on the Marine Corps. It barely had to go on the out he's walking through the airport. He's got his cover on, he's got his white gloves on. He's walking through, he goes up to buy a cup of coffee and he reaches into his pocket and he takes his money out to pay for the coffee. He holds the money up and a hand comes from out of nowhere, pushes his hand down, and says, son, your money's no good here. Put it back in your pocket. And that stranger paid for his coffee. He walked on down uh, through the airport a little bit, and he uh, every few feet somebody would stop him and they would shake his hand and they would say thank you for what you're doing to keep this country free. Well, the young Marine finally makes it to baggage claim. where Fate would habits of three Marine Corps drill instructors who mm-hmm. recognized that this young Marine was a lot of things, but he wasn't a Marine. See, this young boy's father had served in the United States Navy and had served with honor. And that boy wanted that honor and that valor so much that he went down to the Army Navy store and put pieces of a uniform together and then moved off to the airport just to hear people say, thank you for what you've done for us. And then there's a female petty officer serving in the United States Navy. She is actively serving. She's from a little small town. She comes home. All of her town comes out to greet her because she's a hero and they want to welcome her home. She's there, standing there. She's got her mother and her father next to her, and behind her, she's got different people in the town. Uh, and, and, and they're all just so grateful that she has come home to see them before she goes off to fight in whatever next battle she has to fight. And she's standing there at attention. She's got all of her ribbons. I don't have any, but she's got them all, right? Right here on her uniform. And right below her ribbons, there's a little something called the trident. Trident is what a Navy SEAL earns. Or- goes through training. The Navy has never given women the opportunity to become Navy Seals, and they won't for three more years, two more years. She was displaying something she never earned, that other people, just like when I threw my cover earlier and that Master Chief tore me up, she's displaying something that others have worked hard for, but not earned. I gotta tell y'all, really, it really makes me mad. It makes me mad to see them not because they're faking people out, but because of all of those that stood here who actually did raise their hand and say, I solemnly swear to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And that solemn swear meant, I will take a bullet to keep my country free. They didn't do it, but they're getting the honor that those who did, did, did. It really, being around a lot of y'all in this church as I have been over uh, this weekend and back in August or July, or whatever it I know there's a lot of people in here that it would really bother as well. And not just those veterans that stood up here and said, I, said, I know it bothers a lot of y'all on a deep, personal level. Maybe you didn't turn the nose here. It's okay can still bother you. What about your coworker who gets credit for a project? They get all the accolades, but you did all the work. They're the ones that are lifted up. Or maybe maybe you're in school, and, and somebody that you sitting here, they've studied really, or you've studied really hard for a test and for a project, and they just cheated of what you did. They get a good grade, and maybe you don't get so good of a grade. They've gotten the accolades, and they've gotten nothing. I wanna ask, you: what if you're the guy as has never happened to me ever. Driving down the road you're in a long line of traffic, you're maybe the seventh or eighth person in line in that traffic. And the local police department chooses you to give you an award for going fast. <laughs> <laughs> and they present it personally.
0: Those other seven characters got away. What about you? Does it make you mad?
4: Yeah, it makes me mad to they got away a little bit. What about spiritual power? Can anybody steal or try to steal spiritual value? Spiritual righteousness. I'm going to go ahead and tell you the scripture is pretty clear that there are people in our world who will try to steal the honor, the valor, and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Here's the point that I want you to remember today. You cannot steal what Christ freely gives. You cannot steal his valor, his honor, his righteousness. He gives it away for free. You can't steal it. What you can do is take other people to him. So that they can get his righteousness, his honor, and his power. So what I'd like to do is to read and see what Jesus himself says about this. Uh, we're going to be reading Matthew 25 verses 1 through 13. While you're turning there, I'm going to take a sip of water. I'm sorry about that. Matthew 25 verses 1 through 13. I will be reading out of the English Standard Version. I would invite you to read with whatever translation you have. Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. Jesus said, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps, and they went to meet the bridegroom. Bride. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with them. And as the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry, here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered saying, since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves." And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with them to the marriage feast and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Please pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to freely open and freely study here in this country. I thank you for those that have paid with their lives, with their time, with their sacrifice uh, to allow us to help. Please bless your word now, bless the it. Oh, bless this service now. Father, I pray that any here that do not know you would not leave here without that uh, saving grace of Jesus Christ. It's in his name. Amen. So I recognize that we have a whole bunch of uh, military types up here. We got a mixing cup line across the auditorium We're talking about people who have worn the uniform, people who have sacrificed. And it might seem a little bit odd to then start talking about ten virgins waiting on the bridegroom. They don't really seem to go together. But I want to tell you a little bit. Those ten virgins had some things in common. First thing they had in common, they all looked alike. If you had met them, you wouldn't know which ones were the wise and which ones were the foolish just by looking at them. And they had one task, one assignment. That assignment or that task was to be watchful and ready when the bridegroom... Pre- was common during Jewish weddings of that time that the bridegroom and his wedding party they would stay over at his house and then at some point through the day often at night they would start walking and they would come to the bride's house at night where they would have the wedding You didn't know when he was going to show up he would just show up so they would have the wedding there everybody would come in they would have the wedding and then they would all go back to the bridegroom's house following the wedding that's what Jesus is talking about uh, the wedding would be performed again it would be performed at night and they returned to the husband's house for a feast. And for clarity, you know, I was talking to the brother yesterday, who's pretty strong math list. I'm not a very strong math list. Five out of ten virgins weren't ready. To me, that's almost half. They were not ready when the bridegroom came. And I don't know whether they just didn't realize that the preparation was personal, it's something that they needed to get right within themselves, or if they just thought they were going to have plenty of time, but then they went to sleep. When Jesus is giving this parable, right before that, he's just laid out what the end times are going to look like. He's just made it clear that we all must be ready and watchful for his return. And then he tells us again through that parable. He says at the end, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. He's talking about his return here. You do not know when he will return. So what's the message then? Is it is it something hidden underneath? Is it cryptic? Is it something that we really just need to figure out, or is he saying that only five out of ten virgins are going to get into heaven, and the rest of us we don't really have a chance? No. What he's saying is, we all, every last one. Now you could be sitting here saying, all right, chaplain, I get it. We we'll all need to be prepared, but you're talking about ten virgins carrying pottery lamps two thousand years ago. It really doesn't have anything. With me, does it? That's what it does. It has to do with you personally, each of you, and me and my wife and my two children, and the pastor, and everybody in this auditorium, everybody in this town, everybody in the state, the southeast, everybody in the country, everybody in the world. It has to do with all of us. And let me tell you how. The first way that it has to do with all of us is that we all must have our own oil. Five of the virgins took flasks of oil, but the oil here is symbolic of oil. The of salvation. They had oil with them. They were prepared when the bridegroom came. And I want to be clear on this: the five virgins that had oil, they were the wise virgins. They couldn't give their oil away. What we do a lot in churches today, across our country, is we try to give our oil to other people. and by, And again. By oil, I mean we try to give the righteousness that Christ has given to our lives. We try to give that to others and we do that by saying, Mormons, you know what you said, Jesus, here's a little oil for you. You're okay. Dove witnesses, you used the name Jehovah. You're okay. Let me give you a little bit of my oil. You really believe what you believe, you're okay. Let me give you some of my oil. Um, There's a study recently that shows that 85 to 89% of all Christian singles, and I'm sorry brother for this. 85 to 89% of all Christian singles have active sex lives. Here's a little oil. It's okay because that's how God created you. It's not okay, y'all. We can't give our oil out. Scripture is clear on what is sin and what is not, and that is what we have to work on—not on trying to give our oil out to make everybody else feel comfortable. The wise versions were smart in realizing there wouldn't be enough oil for all of them. They were not—we don't call them the compassionate bad versions. Oh, I know you really want some oil. Mm, let me just give you. No, we call them the wise versions because they recognize they couldn't give them what what they have so you have to have your own oil you have to come to Jesus Christ personally through repentance and faith and you have to be ready Christian to have your lamp trimmed. what I mean there when they would trim the lamps, it says that the ten virgins when they called them out they woke up and they began to trim back their wicks, and what that did was that they cut away the charred part, and it allowed more oil to reach the flame and they were able to burn brighter any of y'all ever, ever had that happen to you in your personal life? Beck and I were talking about it last night when my son Noah was born, wow, did our wits get trimmed. The Lord cut away a lot of hard stuff out of our lives and because of that we are uh, able to talk to and to minister to other families that have special needs. I'm able to talk to people that serve in the military. Because the Lord has trimmed a little bit out of my life. And trimmed some of the things that maybe, maybe I was comfortable with. But they needed to be trimmed out of my life. Trimming the wig of your life is probably going to hurt a lot of times. It doesn't mean if you're going through a bad time that God is not approving of you. And it doesn't mean if everything is good that, that you have suddenly somehow found God's favor. That's not what it is. The scripture teaches us that the Lord will chastise those, those who he loves. And that is the trimming of the wig. So have your all, be prepared to go through hard times and be faithful. And then y'all don't beat yourself up and fall asleep. All of us are going to do it. These all 10 virgins, the scripture says, they all fell asleep. But here's the thing. When you fall in your life and your walk with Christ, get back up. Don't say, you know what? It's over. There's nothing else I can do. I'm done. I did that, I think I told some of y'all about that. 1987, 1988, sharing the gospel with man. And I went to a club the next day, Uh, not to a club, went to the uh, place on base where they served food. This was in Bermuda. Everybody went in, we all had dinner. Everybody had ordered beer. I ordered a Coke because my witness and my testimony was important to me. They brought the Coke out, Coke was about that big and it cost me about $6. Beer was about that big, and it cost about $2. I sent the Coke back, I ordered the beer. I spent the next three years of my life drunk because I sensed that man in my mind, I sentenced that to hell. What I should have done was get up, go repent of what I had done wrong, and continue serving my God. And I was afraid to do that because I fell asleep. Y'all, when we fall asleep, our job as Christians is to turn back to Christ, <laughs> repent, and keep serving Him. Wow. Not say, I can't do anything else. Even, even James, Peter, and John, when they were in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus went to pray and He said, sit here and watch while I go pray. He came back, what did He say? You can't stay away for an hour? All three of them went to sleep. So He goes away and says, sit here and watch. Goes away and He comes back and they're all asleep again. Y'all, you're going to fall asleep part of who we are, but don't let that be the end of your testimony, or the end of your Christian wall. Get back up, keep pressing forward, and never, ever, ever accept it as okay, do not lower your standard. You false. <laughs> the point here again, make sure that you've got the wall in your lamp, because when the call to action comes, you're not going to have a warning. When the Lord comes, there's not going to be a warning. In the Navy, they have something called general quarters. You can, no matter what you're doing, uh, I'm sleeping on board the ship. I'm asleep in my rack, and those racks are about this tall. If you can sit up really fast, you're going to lay back down really fast when your head hits that steel. The alarm goes off, and it is, man, it will wake everybody up. It says, bong, 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 general quarters, general quarters, all hands man your battle stations. That's where... That's what we need to be in our Christian lives Christian lives every single day Because at any point Jesus is going to return We need to be ready for that right. Now You've got oil in your lamp You've got your glass oil the Holy Spirit Is there with you You're ready to have your lamp trimmed You're ready for the challenges that are going to come through your life and, and you understand that you're not going to be perfect So what are you going to do Scripturally And you can be like the five wise virgins They again, they were prepared to meet the bridegroom When the bridegroom came. The others that weren't ready, they had to go try to get ready. And it was too late for them to be ready. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know where you are in this spiritual life. What I can tell you is if you have never come to that place of repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, you might not have tomorrow. You know what? strike that out, you might not have noon. You might not have 1145. This is your opportunity to fill your flask with oil. This is your opportunity to come to the Messiah, to repent of your sins and to stop trying to say, look at what I have done and say, look at what the savior has done. You've got to prepare, you've got to prepare. The wise ones were prepared. You either come to Christ personally confessing your sins or you're trusting. Some other gospel, some other approach, and for clarity, there is no other gospel, there is no other approach to the Father except in the Lord Jesus. Amen. That's right. And the army, and I, I'll try to speed this up just a little bit, in the army, you fight for the guy on your left or on your right. Those are the people that you fight for. In fact, the soldiers', the soldiers creed says, I am an American soldier, I am a warrior and a member of the team. Every soldier has to have that memorized, and that I'll go back and remember it. I'm a soldier. I'm a warrior and a member of a team. But well, Guess what? Eastside Baptist, so are you. You are all in here. Your, if you're alive right now, we should just raise your hand. You have not see anybody not raising their hand. just reach over and punch it. <laughs> we are all in this thing together. We're all in life together and, and we all have a mission. Now, some of you might right now, when I say this, your mission, should you choose to accept it? You hearing, you see the little thing going across the TV screen and the dot might come in, Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Well, here's the this, here's this spiritual deal. Your mission, regardless of whether you choose to accept it, that is your mission. Your mission, first of all, is to come to Christ. Every last one of you, I don't care where you are in your life. I don't care what you've done in your past. Your mission is to come to Jesus Christ through repentance, and through faith, acknowledging him, putting him as Lord over your life, and trusting in him for his saving grace. That is your mission. If you have not completed that mission, guess what your mission is? To come to Christ. The army has two jobs, they would say. You are either infantry or, what do y'all think the other job is? Supporting the infantry. Yeah, I know a lot of infantry types that like to remind me of that. In Christianity, there are only two jobs. There are only two missions. You're either coming to Christ or your mission, bring others to Christ. Those are the only two missions. You're either a disciple or you are on the road toward salvation to become a disciple. There is no other ground. The stories that I told you at the beginning they looked like soldiers they looked like marines they looked like sailors but they weren't in this room statistically i promise you in this room is somebody who woke up this morning put their clothes on and they said today you want to church they walked in and they sat very piously right here where you are every uh, every song that was sang, they knew the song. When the scripture was read, they stood up and and they know the scripture, but they've never come to Christ. There is a falseness inside of them. You see, the only thing that allowed all of these people to wear the uniform was they had to go through a transformation. That transformation, but the military is boot camp. They had to. You cannot call the name of Christ if you have never come to Christ. It's as simple as that. That's your mission. You have to come to Him. The Bible says that Jesus makes all things new, that He transforms us by the renewing of our minds, but we must first undergo the transformation of repentance and salvation. You can't do it, y'all. You can't do it. You can't fake it enough. You can't put on the right clothes enough. Brother, you're a great preacher. You can't come hear Him enough for that to be enough. (laughs) The young uh, Marine, he wanted to borrow his father's honor, his father's valor, who served in the Navy. You cannot take your mom's or your dad's Christianity, their oil, and put it in your life. You can't take the oil for your children and put it in your life. You can't take your oil and put it in their life. What you can do is to take each one of them. Matthew, come up here, son. Come up here, son. He says no, so apparently I can't do what I was going to do. What you can do is you can take their hand, you can take the hands of your children or your family or your friends, and you can walk with them to the Savior. That's what your mission is. That's what you can do. You can't pretend that there's going to be a tomorrow. I know this is classic. But I've seen television, newspapers, radio. I know y'all got these things. I know you hear the news. Y'all know what's going on in the world, right? Uh, Y'all have heard about ISIS. Y'all have heard about uh, terrorists all over the globe. You've heard about in our own country. And and by the way, let me make one thing clear, because I get asked this question all the time. Standing up here, and I've got on the uniform of the United States Army. In this church, I can say and do anything that is written in this book. To date, our country still does not that, and that is a blessing. For so, it doesn't take much to look at our world, and to know that it's on fire. We don't have a lot of time. You don't have a lot of time. You don't have a lot of choice. I'm sorry, you don't have a lot of opportunity to say, let me sit back and just wait, and when I'm ready to come to Christ, I'll come to Christ. Next week, I get to come down to Fort Stewart and say, okay. I get to that's the great thing. I will be forced to come down to Fort Stewart next week and uh, participate in a change of command ceremony. I've been very blessed to work under a man named Lieutenant Colonel Brian Lasseter, who is probably one of the strongest Christian men I've ever known. When I met him, he said uh, to his entire formation of 542 at Count soldiers, let me tell you something, I have three priorities in my life. The first priority is the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two is my wife and my children. You're number three. When you come asking me for something, you know where you are in my priorities? Amazing man. He's choosing to retire from the Army to spend more time with his family. Next week, while we are doing the change of command, Colonel Lasser will be outgoing. Colonel Baker is coming in. Colonel Lasser, I will give to him a Bible. Colonel Lassir will take that Bible and he will walk to Colonel Baker as part of the ceremony. And he will hand that Bible to Colonel Baker. Colonel Baker will take that Bible and say God. And then it will make its way back to me. That sounds kind of like an odd thing, right? I mean, come on. You've seen change of commands most of the time where you've got uh, a master sergeant major um, outgoing, you've got the brigade, and you've got the incoming, and they pass a flag around, is what they do, and it signifies the change of command. What's up with the Bible? Why in the world are these two kernels exchanging the Bible? So what's written in the Bible? Open that Bible. I admit, I get a little emotional about this. So y'all back here. Open that Bible. And what do we have in front of ours? We have marriages. We have births. What else do we have? Death. Outgoing colonel will hand to incoming colonel. A Bible containing the name of every soldier who's given his life of service in our country in that moment. The signifying the sig- the significance of that is I have been charged with caring for these. And the new colonel will say, I am now charged with caring for these. And then he will hand to me, chaplain, you are charged with caring. Revelation tells us that one day we're all going to have the final formation in heaven. We are all going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. Every last one of us. I don't care what you've done, where you are in your life, you're going to stand before Him. It. be above Scripture tells us that a lot of people will look up to Jesus and say, Lord, we've cast out demons in your name. We've done a lot of great works. We've done all of these things in your name. Jesus will say, depart from me, I never knew you, you workers of lawlessness. See, it's because the names aren't written in that book. That book is the book of life. If the names not written in that book, when it's open, sorry y'all, there is no other option. Scripture is clear. When it's open, if your name's not there, the Bible says in Revelation 20, "You will be cast into. Today is your opportunity to move into the wise group, to move to get the oil of the Holy Spirit. We're to we have a and to begin our invitation. Today is your opportunity to come to Christ, to, to fill your lamp with the oil of the Holy Spirit. Today is that opportunity. Maybe you're here, maybe you have been uh, saved, baptized, you are uh, actively serving Christ, but maybe, maybe some of you have fallen asleep a little. General Quarters, it's time to wake up. Today's the day to dedicate your life, your everything you have left moving forward, not to the mistake that you may have made, but to living for Christ every single day of your life. You may be right now going through a point in your life where, where things are being trimmed off and it hurts. Come to Christ. Talk to him about it. Pray about it. He will get you through it if you are his and he will be stronger. You will be a witness for him if you but remain faithful to ask you to do is if you would please stand as the brother leaves us uh, the altar will be open please if you do not go christ do not walk out of here don't have any other chances guaranteed to you than this moment
1: But how those circumstances have changed. And Noah uh, has a severe, cerebral palsy, And uh, it's amazing how God is prepared them and how God is using them in that. Now, he doesn't know I'm about to do this, so he's a crybaby. He's worse than I am. But something I felt very strongly about, that we ought to give flowers to the living. Don't y'all appreciate what he's doing for the Lord? I'm sure he appreciates the applause and all of our veterans appreciate you standing. But you know, sometimes we need to make it tangible. Well, one thing that uh, there are some good things out of social media, one thing that I was reading uh, is the fact that now there is uh, uh, a treatment that they're using that's making an impact uh, in Veterans who have come home with severe injuries, they used it for polio, and now they're using it for several palsy. It's called hyperbaric oxygen chamber treatment. And uh, we didn't even talk about this last night, but I know that they're wanting to do that. And so I want our ushers to be at the doors. Now, we're going, we'll, we'll take care of the honorarium. This is not honorarium. We're gonna take care of that. But I want you, now this is bring the tide month. This is above your tide. But I want to empower you, according to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, to be able to give something tangible back to the family who's doing it right. Amen. And serving our country. And so as you leave, you just give a love gift that will go toward this hyperbaric oxygen treatment for Noah. And uh, I think we built a lifelong relationship. Because if he's coming for Stewart, I'm gonna make him come through here and preach. <laughs> and, uh, now that I've met Rebecca, uh, that's the, the best part of it. And so we're gonna make her come as often as she can. But uh, let let's try let's bless them with a gift and try to help with Noah. And uh, they're so such a blessing, both those boys. And uh, don't don't be mad at them because. Look, when I was seven years old, I walked down the aisle as an RA to take up the offering on Sunday night. And Andy, my preacher, looked at me and he said, you pray over the offering. And I looked up at him and I was like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, And
1: so, first time I was ever called on the pray in front of everybody, I didn't do it. But uh, we thank God for the masses, And they'll be going home in the morning, but they'll be here tonight. And so we'll be able to fellowship with them as well. Let you know we're proud of her. And uh, let's pray for our military. Pray for our country. Just because the election might have went your way Tuesday night doesn't mean you're free to pray. Thank you, veterans, for serving. Yeah. I don't know that I'll ever let Jamie Wombles cut my hair again if she served in the military. She may slit my throat. I, I, but, uh, I didn't know that, Jamie. Uh, But we're proud of all of our veterans today. Tell one of your veterans how much you appreciate them. Anything else before dismiss? Alright? right. there's nothing else, they'll be around. Uh, Mises will be down here if you'd like to come and tell them that you're praying for them. Thankful for them, Addie and her family. But make sure you give on your way. Let's pray. Father, we do not deserve Anything. Sometimes we think we deserve a little bit. We don't deserve anything apart from Jesus Christ. But through His righteousness we can come boldly to the throne of God. And right now we come in the righteousness that is Jesus Christ. In his armor, the greatest of all medals, the one. Conquering death, hell, and grave. Thank you for the victory that is Jesus. Thank you for Brian and Rebecca, Noah, and Matthew. Pray that you have them as they serve Him. Thank you for Abby and her testimony. To this family. I thank you for all our veterans. I thank you for the United States. God, may we once again bless Your name. Go with us and bring us back tonight. our prayer in Jesus name. Amen.